Welcome to the Lewis Jonker Podcast. Lewis is a speaker, storyteller, preacher and poet. Hope you get something out of this talk. <sighs> Some of you are here to hear a sermon. Some of you are here to play Jenga with me. Whatever brings you here today, welcome. My name is Lewis. Hopefully anything I say makes sense. Johnny's prayed, so it's in God's hands now. I was reminded of um, a book that was hot property in my school library, Guinness World Record books. In my day, they had like a metallic green or metallic purple or metallic blue cover, open them up full of really interesting things. Interesting things like the tallest card tower ever is 7.6 metres. This is a dude standing here. I don't know how he reached up there. I guess, guess he had a crane. Guinness World Record. Tallest snow, snowman, or I should say snow person to be politically correct. 37 metres. Tallest snow person. Tallest Lego tower, 11 storeys. Look at this thing. This is, this is what you want. I reckon one of our youth activities this term should be trying to beat that. I reckon we got the budget for a crane. Uh, and according to Hasbro's, 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 according to that game company, uh, the tallest Jenga tower playing by the rules, and I reckon we could actually beat this here tonight, is 40 levels plus two blocks. I'm going to count the two blocks, though, um, because I reckon that's 41 levels. Important to note, this is not the actual tower. Apparently, this one involves a lot of glue. Uh, 40 levels plus two blocks. So, shall we play a game? Shall we play a game? We like to build things, human beings. We're, a, we're an interesting creature. We really, really, really like to build. And we like to make a name for ourselves. I love the Guinness World Records, a book full of people trying to make a name for themselves no matter what they do. Some of the things in that book are weird, you know? Longest hair, I'm going for it at the moment. <laughs> Keep it tied up. They live their whole life growing their hair out just to make it in the page of a book. They want to make a name for themselves. We do things to make a name for ourselves and we build towers to make a name for ourselves. We love to build things. We love to make a name for ourselves and we have since the beginning of time. In fact, there's an ancient Jewish story of people who wanted to build a tower that reaches to the heavens, an ancient story, Genesis 11.4. Then they said, come let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves. If you know anything about that story, it didn't end well for them. God scatters them. It's like, how dare you try to make a name for them? Why, why do you think you can build a tower to reach me? God, you know, he really comes in and has his way. It's a really interesting story. Genesis, a great book. You should read it. But I think we can do the same thing. We love to build towers. And we're not, if we're not careful, we can turn our spiritual life into a tower. And let me tell you what I mean. We've done a great series over January in the AM service on spiritual disciplines, and I believe spiritual disciplines are absolutely awesome. And it was a great series about like getting reconnected into what, you know, we need to, the practices we need to put into practice for our lives. I think it's a really, really good thing. 
But too often, I see a lot of people who turn their spiritual practices into their form of building a tower, into their form of making a name for themselves. Almost like, um, look at me, I serve lots. Look at me, I'm going to tell everyone about how I read my Bible every single morning. The most cringe thing to do on Instagram back in my day was post a photo, and I've done it, so, hi, I'm the problem, it's me. Um, (laughs) Is like you reframe, you're sitting at the coffee, you know, you're at the cafe, and you're reading your Bible, but then you got to get the perfect Instagram, so you make sure you only take one sip, so the latte art's still good, and then you get your Bible out, and you make sure everyone can see what page you're reading, and then you get a really good picture, just so everyone knows how spiritual you are, because I read my Bible. Uh, prayer life. The Bible talks a lot about people who pray long um, prayers. I, I, I don't even understand it. I've done a theological degree. You know what I mean? Look at me. I know big words. Look at me. And we can build these, these, spiritual, these spiritual towers. And I think it's really interesting because we start to build them and they get all like clumped up and we can do lots and lots and lots and lots of things and it's not just about our spiritual life is it we can do lots of things to sort of build our tower we can um we have a fight uh with our family before we get in the car to go to church we fight while we're in the car but when we get out of the car we are the perfect christian family what a wonderful life we live look at my spiritual tower dean why do you look convicted I'm joking, joking i can't even see your facial expressions dean it's okay i'm sure he's sitting there calmly yeah I shouldn't say this there was one morning Dean distinctly rocked up and he was like I need a coffee he literally drove away to go get a coffee sorry Dean to throw you under the bus I'll talk about myself later but you were a lot happier after your coffee God gives good gifts to his children including the coffee bean We can wear a certain type of clothes to fit in with all the cool people. I think in school, it's like when you see people bullying your friend, and it's like, well, you know, this doesn't involve me, so you don't stick up for them. It sort of protects your popularity, so you get a bit of popularity going on. Uh, The clothes we wear, the things we post on social media, the things we say, the um, causes we support. Uh, One of the scariest things to me is not... uh, I think social justice is very, very, very important, but... (laughs) I see a lot of youth posting about social justice issues that they have not researched whatsoever. And I think social justice issues are awesome. I just think you actually have to do the research and actually put things into place to actually help those social justice issues. I don't think the culture of like, if I post this to social media, I'm in the cool, hip, good group is a wise thing to do. Although I think social justice issues are important. Do you hear what I'm saying? What I'm more concerned about is the fact that we need to look like we're doing them. So we post on social media and we do all our things. And, and um, yeah, I, I, think that's, I think that's what I'm trying to get at. We love to build our towers. And if we're not careful, this can be our church life. This can be our spiritual life, our Bible reading, our prayer time, our, our spiritual gifts showing them off, our whatever it could possibly be, I think we can turn into a tower to make a name for ourselves. Great. This is the youth set, and they've lost two blocks. <laughs> now, this is all well and good if we can keep it up and if we can sustain it, the amount we serve and reading our Bible every day and, and, and whatever it might be that you're using to prop yourself up. So let's play a game, shall we? Uh, we build our tower 
we're doing all the right things all the time. But then we're in our uh, Bible and a year reading plan and all of a sudden we forget a day. And we forget a day. And we're like, uh, that's okay, I'll just, I'll just read it twice tomorrow, right? I'll make up for it, I'll make up for it. Or we're trying to do like, we're trying to grow in the fruit of the Spirit and so we come to youth every week and we go to BAM camp and we listen about the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And we, we, we're trying to live by them and then we go to school and someone's getting bullied and we don't stick up for the person getting bullied and we just sort of, we let our kindness slip a little. We let our kindness slip a little. And then you say, but it's okay because I'm just going to go to youth again and I'll learn about the fruits of the Spirit again and maybe in the future I'll stick up for that person. Next time I see that person getting bullied, I'll stick up for them and I'll go to youth next week and I'll have everyone, you know, pat me on the back and I'll pretend, I'm, you know, I'll raise my hands in worship and, and whatnot, whatever, whatever it is for that individual person. Uh, and then, for example, we might, um, we, might, we might do a little bit of gossiping. might do a little bit of gossiping. I think the biblical definition of gossip is a bit different to our definition of gossip, to be totally honest. But let's say we talk about someone behind their back to really seriously impact the course of their lives. For example, it's not just, you know, trivial things, but we, we say something about someone behind their back that could really affect their career, could affect their future, could affect their life, could affect their family. Sometimes things that aren't even true. But it's okay because I've got spiritual practices. I, I just posted a quote on Instagram that said, Haters are going to hate. Anyone like to play? Come on, Elijah. Yep, you got to go. Uh, so, Elijah, tell us your deepest, darkest sin and then take out a brick. <laughs> just, <laughs> just, <laughs> please, please. Let's see, if you, let's see how good you are at Jenga. Oh, I picked the wrong person. Wow, he's, you are, you're nervous. Whoa! Wow! Thank you, Elijah. He's living his, his, no, don't take that. Sit down. Uh, Elijah's living his life. He's, you know, going to youth every Friday. He's doing good. All of a sudden, he's, you know, <laughs> doing something he shouldn't be doing. Um, and he's like, it's okay, I'll fix it. You know, I, I've got my spirit. You know, I can come to church and I can be, I can be all good. I can be, I can be all good. Okay, who else am I going to pick on? Matthew Shaw. Oh, now, here's a spiritually disciplined kid. Let's ask your mum what you do wrong during the week, shall we? Okay. So Matthew Shaw comes to youth every Friday and everything's doing good. He's at youth every Friday. He's, he's with Zach's Connect group. He's learning about the Bible. He's getting baptised. Awesome, 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 awesome. But then, 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 then he, um, <laughs> he's too nice of a kid to make fun of. Then he gets really prideful because he knows he's such a nice kid. And he's like, look at me, I'm a really nice kid. And the pride hits him. Come on, let's, let's see what happens. Oh. <laughs> oh. But we all know. Oh. <laughs> but we all, know he's, we all know he's not prideful because he comes to church every Sunday with his family. So he must be a good Christian kid. Thank you. Uh, so, Let's see, who else are we going to pick on? Henry Moore. Henry Moore. Oh, Henry Moore, up on stage, worshipping with the band nearly every Sunday, nearly every youth night. Look at him. He's using his spiritual gifts. He's doing all the right stuff. And then he goes home and he plays some song by the dregs. 
Do I have any swear words in it, Henry? No. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Come on, take a brick, mate. Take a brick. Goes home, plays a song by the Dregs with a couple of swear words in it. But it's okay because he's just going to come back next Friday night. He's going to get on stage. He's going to sing to Jesus and Brooklyn. Oh, wearing a Valley T-shirt, really showing off how spiritual she is. Wow. Wow. Oh, oh that, was not, that one wasn't going to move, was it? Should be one touch, one play. Oh. Oh. oh, no, no second hand. Oh, 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 <laughs> wow, wow. Oh, surely Sam. Yep. Yeah, Sam. Yeah, Sam. Were you the school captain, Sam? Probably never sworn a word in your life. Probably never, ever said a swear word. What do you reckon? Never, not once. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, no, I'm going to get out of the way so people can get You're joking. You're joking. That's how he got school captain. That's how he did it. Never said a swear word in his life, that dude, I reckon. That's what they say. That's what they say. You build the tower. You put Dean Russell to garage. Yes. Oh, Dean. Here we go. Here we go, Dean. Dean. D- married to a pastor. The highest spiritual privilege you could possibly have. Goes up to church, tired one day, but keeps building his tower. It's not meant to take this long. Um, okay. Um, Eternity has a name like eternity. How much more spiritual could you possibly get? What? Oh, my goodness. The confidence was terrifying. No. No way. Oh! Oh! The problem is, if we keep building our tower like this, Making a mistake and just pick, fixing it with more Bible reading. Making a mistake, just fixing it with more prayer. Making a mistake, just fixing it with our favorite worship song. Making a mistake, just fixing it with our spiritual practice. Making a mistake, oh, it doesn't worry, I'll just repent again. Make a mistake. The more we keep building our tower like this, the tower will always fall. There was a distinct type of person who used to build a spiritual tower in Jesus' day. They were the Pharisees. The Pharisees were like, you know, teachers of the law. They were, the, they, were the, they were like the experts of their traditional Old Testament Bible. Everything they do is done for people to see. They make their phylacteries white and their tassels on their garments long. They love the place of honour at banquets and the most important seats in the synagogues. They love to be greeted with respect in the marketplaces and to be called rabbi by others. Uh, the term pastor is fine, but if you meet a pastor that just loves being called pastor and demands of you to call them pastor, be very suspicious. What's a philatric? What's a what's a what's a philatric? <laughs> philatric. When I was practicing this, I wasn't having a trouble at all. Uh, see this? See this thing on this dude's forehead. This is a phylactery. and basically. They wanted to show that they were such experts at the Bible, they were such good Bible readers, 
there would be portions of the Bible folded up and put in that little box and worn on their forehead. And basically, the wider your philatrically, the more, the more stuff and the bigger words writing of the Bible you had taped to your forehead. So you're literally walking around going, look at me, I know the Bible so much, I keep it taped to my forehead. I mean, can you imagine if we all walked around in Christian churches and it was like, bigger the Bible, bigger the Christian? Like wearing it on your forehead? Trust me, I read this thing. You know what I mean? The tassels on their garments, another rule was to like, you had to wear these tassels on the ends of your garments and they would make them as long as possible so that people would see, I follow the rules. But Jesus says the, the outside of their cup was clean, but the inside of their cup, the bricks were being removed left, right, and center. So what is our solution? Because this always happens. In Matthew 7, it says this, everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell and great was the fall of it. I want to make a distinction here that it doesn't say Anyone who doesn't read their Bible is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. It doesn't say anyone who doesn't have a regular prayer routine in the morning, wake up at four o'clock, is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. It doesn't say that. It says anyone who hears these words of mine, aka anyone who is reading their Bible, anyone who is doing their worship songs, anyone who is doing their devotions time, anyone who's doing all that stuff and does not put it into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The goal is not purely the Bible reading, it's to be able to put that what you're reading into your life. That is the goal. I believe spiritual disciplines are good, but they are not the goal. Let me give you a quick example. Bible reading is a good one. We, I preach in our youth ministry, read your Bible. You should absolutely read your Bible. We preach at church, you should have daily Bible reading plan, absolutely you should. But here's some like history of the world because it's a very new age concept to tell people to read their Bible. This is a graph of the literate and illiterate world population, which basically means in our day, in 2016 when this graph was taken, you had over 80% of the world was able to read. Does that make sense? So, 2016, over 80% of the world was able to read. But if you just go back to like the 1900s, uh, more than 80% of the world couldn't read. And so can you imagine telling someone just 100 years ago, you're not a real Christian unless you read your Bible every day, they would say, I don't know how to read. Can you imagine going to any of these countries highlighted in dark colours where the Bible is dangerous or difficult or illegal or highly restrictive? Can you imagine going to any of these countries and preaching a message that was, if you don't read your Bible, you're not a healthy Christian? Some of them don't even have a Bible. It is a privilege to have a Bible. I heard a story of a woman in one of the African countries and the uh, African guards, communist regime came through and they were stealing all the Bibles and burning them. And she thought she took her Bible and she was at her house because she heard them knocking down, her husband answered the door and she sat on it and she just sat at her kitchen table and everyone else in the town had all their Bibles destroyed but she went back to her local church and it was like a 1,500 person church because in Africa the churches get massive and she ripped out page by page and gave every single person in the congregation uh, a page of the Bible and this person who's sharing her testimony says that 
Um, she was just so happy she didn't get a page from Leviticus, <laughs> but she got a page from Genesis, and she just studied that one page like nothing else. And when she was finally able to become a refugee in America, it's like the people like, oh, let's, can we get you a gift? And she was like, all I want's a Bible. All I want's a Bible. They were like, oh, Bibles are everywhere. Here, have this one in my glove box. She couldn't believe it. Having the Word of God is a privilege and we should read it. But do you understand it's not what makes you a Christian? That would be like saying going to McDonald's makes you a hamburger. <laughs> it's not just about hearing the words of Jesus. It's about doing them. So what do we do? What should we do? It says this in the other part of Matthew. It says, everyone who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it did not fall. To hear the words and to put them into practice. So what is the answer? I think it could look like something like this. I'm Colossians 2, it says this. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. See to it that no one takes you captive to hollow and deceptive philosophy which depends on human tradition and elemental spiritual forces of the world rather than on Christ. For in Christ... All the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form and in Christ you have been brought to fullness. I believe Colossians is saying you don't need to build your tower. When you came to Christ, you came to fullness. You need to stop building your tower. In Christ you were the fullness. You have the fullness of Christ living within you. That's what I believe. I believe that Christ is in me and that he's making me more like him without me doing anything, although I can put things in place. And sometimes I do build my Jenga tower, but the, the bricks I'm most proud of are the solid ones, the solid hope, the solid foundation. How has Jesus formed these in me? Some bricks that I have, and you may not have these bricks, but these are the bricks I have. I would say one of the bricks in my life is my faith. I have never had an issue with like, you know, facts and figures and history and whatnot. I've always had pure faith in Jesus. I've, I've never really had that shook because when I was growing up in a Lutheran church, it was all about sola fide, which means by faith alone. And like I was taught from a very young age you're not going to get all the facts. You're not going to get all the figures. Most of this isn't going to make sense, but you have to believe it by faith. It's a brick that like Jesus has built, not by anything that I have done. Faith is a gift. Some other bricks that Jesus has built in me. Uh, I can get very bitter and I can get very angry and all those sorts of things. I, I really, really can. But one of the bricks that Jesus has built in me is um, I, I would, I'm going to use the term forgiveness here, but I'm not talking about I never get frustrated or I never get angry or I never get, you know, annoyed. I'm talking about every single day when I pray the Lord's Prayer and I get to the part like, help me to figure those that sin against me. I, do, I, I don't pray that prayer without going through a list in my head about all the people that have annoyed me, hurt me, frustrated me. And 
I can honestly say that I've got Jesus has built a forgiveness within me. And it hasn't been by reading my Bible, it hasn't been just by praying, it's been by going through hell and coming out the other end with Jesus by my side. And so I've learned that forgiveness of the big things and also praying through my frustrations every day when I pray the Lord's Prayer. It's a brick that Jesus has built. And I think these bricks take like, they take like, they take just understanding that you have the fullness of Christ living in you. Lewis in his flesh cannot forgive. There should be people in my life that I've got major grudges against. There really should. But I know because Jesus, the fullness of his power is within me and he's forgiven me and I know how strong and how much authority he has, he gives me the ability to know actually I can forgive that person and see that person through Jesus' eyes. And with faith, I know that faith is a gift. And it's because Jesus is within me and I feel, I, I sense his presence and his power. I don't need the facts and the figures. You know what I mean? These things are built when you understand, when you continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened. We all need to build some bricks. And I wasn't, I, I, I don't know how to reconcile this little bit theologically. Um, so this is just my opinion. You're just getting a Lewis thought now in the midst of a sermon. And I think every now and then a preacher should be able to bring just a teaching thought. Um, I think even when we build these brick towers that are strong and solid, I do think there's times in life that even these bricks, like, you know, if, if you're really being pressed and you're really being pushed, even these bricks, you know, the world can almost try to, can almost try to, you know, really either wedge them out or, 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 or take them away. And I think this happens a lot with, like, major grief, major loss, major church abuse where like even these things because of other people can be taken away. And I would just say, if you're someone who just feels like even their strong bricks are being eroded, Jesus is with you, Jesus is by your side, and just go back to the beginning, sit with Jesus, understand your spiritual authority, know Jesus, know Jesus, know Jesus. Read your word more, not because you have to, not because it's a rule, but because you love him. Uh, pray more, not because you have to, but because you love him, even when it's hard, just get, you know, you know and, you can, and I, I believe even they can be restored. And that's just a Lewis thought. I don't have a particular Bible verse for that just yet. Lewis Standard Version. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like someone playing a game of Jenga. It's all fun and games till the blocks are tested and the tower falls. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does them is building a tower of brick. Not even the big bad wolf could blow it down. And I was just thinking, like, practically, what does this mean? I, th I think sometimes why we get caught up in the building of the tower is because if, if you've never read your Bible, you should absolutely read it and read the Bible in a year and consume as much of it as you, as you possibly can. Uh, that would be my advice to anyone. But uh, truthfully, I, I've been reading through Romans at the moment, and I'm getting convicted every single day. I turn the page, and at the moment, it's just too much for me to even consume because God is trying to work on bricks in me. Sometimes I'll distract myself from building the bricks that God wants to teach me by just turning to the next page of the Bible. So, I want to encourage you, one brick at a time. And I thought, what's a really practical way I could help people do that? 
When Jesus says anyone who hears these words of mine, he's talking about his Sermon on the Mount. He stood on a mountain, sat on a mountain with his friends and a bunch of different people and he sat on the mountain and he taught his stuff. One of the first things he goes through is like the other uh, blessings. Blessed are the poor in spirit. What not? So if Jesus says anyone who hears these words and puts them into practice, what's just one takeaway tonight that we can all together try to put into practice this week? What's one thing we can leave this room and all try to put into practice? And I thought, some of you youth kids, no matter how much I try to um, tape a Bible to your forehead, <laughs> some of you just don't know how to read. And I, I understand that reading's very hard. Reading is legitimately very hard, especially in the technological age with podcasts. And You know, I understand it's hard. So what can we do? Well, what if we just take one of the words of Jesus and this week we all as a community try to put it into practice? What if we do that? And it might take you longer than a week. It might take you a month. It might take you a year. So with the help of our calligrapher, Emily, um, we designed some, some phone screens for you. And this is one of them. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. We can quote this and we can say it. And I've got it as my phone screen. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. You can leave this room and you can keep building your Jenga tower. Or you can set yourself something simple, a reminder about one of the things Jesus said and actually try to put it into practice. What would it look like this week if we were all merciful? Because we know the mercy that we've received from Jesus. What would that look like? What does it look like for you to go to uni when you start uni, school this week when you start school, and work this week when you start work? And what would it look like for you to be merciful? Jesus says, blessed are the merciful. Do you believe it? Are you willing to put it into practice? Are you willing to show compassion to those who have hurt you? Are you willing to put yourself in other people's shoes and try to understand where they might be at? when they don't give you the eye contact you deserve? <laughs> Are you willing to, to let go of things? Being merciful is particularly important when you're in a position of power. If you're popular, what does it mean to be merciful and to sit with the person who's sitting alone at lunchtime? At uni, what does it look to, you know, everyone's going to go into uni this week awkward because they don't know anyone. What does it look like for you to be merciful? and bring someone who's not in your group into your group. If your boss is a really, really bad boss, what does it look like for you to go into your workplace and be merciful, to understand that they might have a bit of a rough, a rough life? Maybe their home life isn't great. Maybe they don't know Jesus the way you do. Maybe they're not experiencing love, joy, peace. What does it look like for you to be merciful? We don't need to keep building these 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 towers but I can tell you this what Lewis one of the things Lewis needs to work on is being merciful understanding with compassion other people and so that's sort of what I'm thinking I'm not saying don't read your bible spiritual disciplines are good but they're not the goal if you've got a spiritual discipline it's in order that you would hear from Jesus and put it into practice 
Because that Jesus lives inside of you, fills you with power and authority to live out his will. Grant, would you join me?